Our scripture reading this morning, if you want to go ahead and mark Hebrews chapter 11 and Mark chapter 5, you can turn to those uh, two places again. If you have your Bibles with you this morning and you want to turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 11 um, and hold that place for just a moment, and then we'll go back into the uh, gospel according to Mark chapter 5. Uh, you can be turning there also, and we'll re uh, begin reading here in just a moment in these two places. As you're turning to those two places, I want you to think about um, people that have what we call, and I'll quote this, motivating words. Motivating words. People today are known to be speakers, and they call them motivational speakers. And the whole idea is, is that they present ideas in the form of words to create an action in somebody else. Motivate you to maybe want to run a little faster or motivate you to want to dig a little deeper or motivate you to work a little bit harder or motivate you to try again. People are paid, and, and some of them paid really, really good money to say things to motivate people to do a lot of things. This morning, I want you to look at some very motivating words. And they don't come from a man. They come from a God-man, which is Jesus Christ. In Mark's Gospel, in the fifth chapter, and I want to read down for just a minute to the 36th verse. In relation to Jairus and his daughter, and as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Jesus speaking here, Be not afraid, only believe. Motivating words this morning that come not from myself, and I'm not here to try to come up with a fancy collection of words that's going to motivate you to believe in Jesus. I want you to listen to Jesus himself. We're going to see about Jarius in just a moment, and if you want to uh, uh, follow along with me, we're going to read in some of these places in just a moment here uh, in this fifth chapter, but let's back up one verse if we can. and We'll read some other places here in just a moment. It says, while he yet spake, there came the root of the synagogue's house, certain which said. Now you want to talk about doom and gloom news. Jairus knew his daughter was sick. In knowing that his daughter was sick, he also had to understand there was somebody that could help the situation and make the situation better. Isn't it sad today when we have a little bit of faith in someone being Jesus Christ, and all of a sudden, people's going to try to uh, deflect that away and say, you might as well give up. It's getting worse than what you thought. Jarius left on a mission to get Jesus. His daughter was sick. A parent's going to obviously be hurting when their children are sick. And I mean not just a, a cold sick or just a coughing sick. We're talking about sickness unto death. So sure, we can understand that Jarius this morning, as he began to, to, to go after Jesus, he believed in Jesus. And as he went under, uh, under Christ, we see here that all of a sudden, Jarius's situation is going to go from bad to worse. Here's Jarius. I want you to imagine this for just a minute. you got Jarius, that his daughter's sick, so he begins to go to Jesus. Jesus, while he is on his way to take care of the situation of Jarius that it summons him for, all of a sudden the 35th, 35th verse says, Thy daughter is dead. 
Why troublest thou the master any further? So you see, here's what happened. Jairus possessed faith. But there was people that tried to take his faith away from him. I want you to know something this morning I do believe in. I believe that we can have faith in God. We can have faith in the power of God. We can have faith in the word of God. But if we are not careful, there's a world out there saying, well, your situation's worse than what you thought. You might as well quit bothering Jesus. Folks, aren't you glad today that Jesus will come to each and every one? He says, be not afraid, only believe. You see here in this 35th and the 36th verse, Jairus left and he came to this point, that 35th verse, he said, While he yet spake, there came from the root of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. You see, Jairus had a, a his, his life was already in great disturbance because of the condition, the medical condition, and the health of his daughter. Is there anybody here this morning, and you don't have to attest to this and tell me, feel free to do that if you need to, but has there ever been a time in your life where you felt like, Things cannot get worse. Sometimes we all have that. And at different times in our life, we all have that situation in our life. Maybe it's not somebody's health, but it's a situation where we feel like it's grave enough and we need the divine intervention of God in our life. Now, I mind you this morning that motivation just means that, that, that it's, it's something that has given you reason or cause for an action. It's reason or cause for an action. When Jesus says in that 36th verse there, be not afraid, only believe, he's causing us to do something, not just hear it, but to do these things. And Jairus undoubtedly was very distraught at the condition of his daughter. And he goes to Jesus and he gets Jesus' attention. But while he's on the way, there's somebody else that needs to be healed. And I'm sure along the way that, that Jairus wanted to say, Lord, you mean to tell me that my problems are not the number one problems on your list? Oh, we all have that. We, we feel like that our problems are worse than anybody else. But here's the thing. We're talking about the master that can solve them all. We worry about what we might even call pecking order. We worry about with the, the, the sequence of things that, that, that Lord, you're, you're helping somebody else. So you know what they finally came to me? They said, your daughter that was sick... <laughs> She's dead. You might as well just leave the master alone for it's too late now. Aren't you glad today to know that, that, that the, the most motivating words that we can hear are the words of Jesus? Folks, these are not my words. These are not my beliefs. It's Jesus speaking to us as human beings where he says, Be not afraid, only believe. But people that he would have called his friends... People that should have given him some good advice. You want to know my opinion about this. They gave him the worst advice that they could give when they said, don't bother the master. The best advice we can give people is, you need to talk to Jesus. The best advice we can give people is, you need to talk to him. He is the one that you need to commune with. But they came up to him and they, and they said the very thing. He says, why trouble us out of the master any further? Do you think, that there are people in this world that would discourage in you from trusting in God. Folks, there's people all around us. And, and, and sadly, that's not a good place to be in is when you surround yourself with people that are going to dis, uh, discourage you from talking to Jesus. Aren't you glad today? And that's one of the things I love about church is that we come to a place where people are going to encourage you to have your faith in God. Jerry has possessed that faith. He was going to Jesus to begin with. 
And all of a sudden, the things went from bad to worse, and his daughter was dead. And then they delivered this horrific news, and they said, you know what, it's too late now. Let's just go ahead and, and surrender. And you see, there were people in his life that tried to discourage him commuting and believing in Jesus. Now, we're talking about rulers of the synagogue. We're not talking about people that did not have an understanding. These were very religious people. You know, the Jews, they would gather together and there was a reading of the word. And there was, there was a lot of what we would call a church service, we might even say, in these synagogues that would happen. Very religious people. But aren't you glad to know today that even the most religious of people still have need of Jesus in their life? And you know, this morning I prayed that if there's, there's one soul that, that, that shall hear the message today and have an understanding that, folks, we all today have a need of Jesus, no matter how religious we are, and Jairus and his daughter, and even the one that had the issue of blood, there was still a need of Jesus to come along. For he says, Jesus said uh, unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. You see, Jesus gives that command. And I want you to, to really listen to these words this morning. When I talk about motivating words, I'm not here this morning to try to tell you uh, some, some fancy speech that's going to just get you fired up for the Lord. You know what? The Word of God will do that. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, uh, be not afraid, only believe. You see, I believe that Christ, and you will see that Jesus understood that Jairus had the potential to be afraid of Jesus. He trusted in him. And all of a sudden the situation was bad. And as Jairus was, was migrating toward Jesus. And he was going to ask him to come and take care of his daughter. That all of a sudden that, that his faith that he had in Jesus began to diminish. And you see, if you'll notice what happens. When our faith in Christ begins to, to diminish, fear sets in. Do you ever wonder why people are so afraid? Phobias, man, there's a whole list of them. Read them about what they are. People have all kinds of uh, phobias in their life from, from mice to snakes to darkness to uh, all kinds of fears. You know, close spaces, we, we have all kinds of fears in our life. But you know what? We don't have a fear of God. We need a fear of God in our life and a fear of not believing and having faith. And we're going to get to faith here in just a little while this morning. But I want you to notice when, when Jesus looked at Jairus, he said, You have the potential to be afraid. Do not deceive yourself this morning thinking that your faith can grow weaker. Sometimes we think that we, are, that, that, that we are immune to the fact that our faith is going to diminish. We automatically think that it's going to grow. If you notice when Jesus talks about if you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, we're talking about a plant or maybe even a tree type, that it grows. It has the potential to die, but it also has the potential to grow. You see today, our faith is not meant to die out. Our faith in God is meant to grow. And if we're not careful, there are things in our world that we will hear. There are things that we will read. There are things that we will see that will come along and say, Why trouble us out of the master any further? Why don't you just, as we might say, fold up the tent and just go on home. Leave the Lord alone. But aren't you glad this morning that Jesus comes along and he'll look at us and he'll say, Be not afraid. Only Believe. Right in the midst of one of the greatest trials that Jairus could go through, the Lord began to meet with him and tell him, he said, you must believe. I want you to notice what Jairus got to in this place right here. Uh, that he got to a point where he had to believe in Jesus and all these others tried to discourage him. In Matthew, uh, Mark, and even in Luke's gospel, all three accounts give 
where Jesus in, in this encounter with Jairus' daughter and all of them talk about that how that Jesus going from, from point A to point B to where Jairus' daughter was, he healed one on the road or on his way, I should say, to perform that great miracle. But you know what? All of us want to say, Lord, uh, I, we, we want to think that sometimes that we're the only one that needs the Lord in our life. You know what, folks? I believe there are people that, not just myself, and I want you to understand this morning, I need Jesus in my life. But I know there are other people too. And you know what I, I find interesting in this account here, uh, in, in Mark uh, chapter 5, that we talk about the woman that had the issue of blood and Jairus' daughter, that they had different needs, but they still had needs of Jesus in their life. We, 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 we want to lump everybody together, think that everybody has the same problems, the same uh, hurdles in our life. But you know what I've learned and what I truly deeply understand is your hurdles are not my hurdles. Your battles are not my battles, but they are battles and they are hurdles. And there are needs that we have in our life and we have to go to Jesus. And that's why he comes to us and he says, this world's going to tell you don't believe. The world's going to tell you don't bother me. But he says, I'm always here. He said, my ear is never too heavy uh, that I cannot hear. He said, my arm is never too short that I cannot reach down. Aren't you glad this morning that Jesus, when doubt begins to creep in, that he comes along and he speaks into us and says, be not afraid, only believe. If you look at the true literal translation, Jesus said, when he tells him right here, he says, be not afraid, Go on believing. Now I want you to ponder that for just a minute. It's not that Jairus didn't have a belief and faith in God. He, Jairus was just surrounded by doubters. We've heard that already some this week. And I, I, my heart's really been stirred about these things because are we influenced by the doubters in our life? Are we influenced by people around us saying, Jarius, here he goes, and, and, and he starts petitioning the Lord. He said, my daughter's sick. And along the way, they said, well, your situation went from bad to worse. Not only is your daughter sick, she's now dead. He said, leave the Lord alone. Aren't you glad today that in the midst of doubters, we can still have a belief and faith in Jesus Christ? Aren't you thankful for that this morning? There are people today that don't have faith in Christ, and they don't believe in him. Even though they have a heart for it, others have convinced them that you don't need to do that. And here we see that Jesus comes along and, and, and he tells them, he says, Be not afraid, only believe. It's easy to trust in the Lord when your daughter's sick. But what happens when it gets even worse and she's now dead? Do you think it's possible for us to get to a point that we think there's actually situations in our life that God cannot intervene? In other words, if it's got as bad as you think it could be, and it gets worse, then all of a sudden we surrender saying, well, well, well God, it's beyond your reach too. Folks, I hope you will all agree with me when I say, folks, God can handle everything. Everything, everything we have, everything we face, every circumstance we're in, everything, even though he stops and heals the one that had the issue of blood, he's still on his way to work a miracle in our lives. God is still coming along and saying, wait a minute, don't you start doubting just because I'm working in the lives of other people. I'm working in your life too. You are just as important as the other person. God wants to fix them all. He wants to save them all. He wants to redeem them all. 
And I want you to notice this morning that the most motivating words that that, that I have read in a long time is right here. I I read books and we we come up with quotes and I I keep them plastered all over the place to kind of motivate me to do better, to be patient and and, and to have a, a greater zeal. But you know what? When I read the words of Jesus where he says, be not afraid. But you know what? Through all the doubt of all the other people, aren't you? What I found about Jairus is he still persevered and came to Jesus. I'm thankful this morning that there are people that when the world says you don't need to do that anymore, when the world says, uh, when the world tells us much like that 35th verse, he says, why trouble us out of the master any further? When, When these things happen, we see that there are people that still continue to go to Jesus. You know what I, I can envision his friends or his counterparts around him. They almost want to tell him, Jarius, you're wasting your time. Is there anybody here this morning that wants to refute and deny the fact? Never do we waste God's time. God always, always wants to make our life better. God always wants us to have faith. God wants our faith to grow. And all of a sudden there's people that come along and they want to snatch it away. They want to grab it. They want to take our faith, our belief, our dedication, our zeal. All these things that we have for Jesus and they start pulling it away. Much like Jairus did here. And if you want the blessings of the Lord, we got to understand that there are things that we must believe in the Lord. And here in these, these few verses that we've looked at here this morning... Jairus is going to, because of his perseverance, when he started to, to kind of teeter off to the side, the Lord said, hey, he told him there, he says, be not afraid, only believe. Jairus is going to experience a blessing from the Lord because of a determination not to listen to the people, but to listen to the Lord. This morning, I, I cannot tell you how important it is for us to tune man out and center and tune into God. How do we listen to God? Are we waiting for that still, small voice? Are we waiting for this audible voice? What are we listening to? Today, folks, listen to the Word of God. Listen to the Holy Spirit of God. Listen to God as He leads us and guides us and directs us along the way. God will tell us, and sometimes the most motivating words are simply just this phrase, Be not afraid, only believe. This does bring on the very thought and idea this morning. Why do people have fear of God? Why are people afraid of God? If God can create the heavens and the earth, if God can make the sun to rise and the sun to set and the moon to shine and the stars to hang in the sky, if we serve a God that is that big, why are we afraid of God? Are we afraid of His judgment? Are we afraid of his wrath? If we're under the blood of Jesus, we will not face those things. And that's why it's important. Jesus said, you've got to have faith. And I want you to hold on to that because in a minute, we're going to, we're going to get into what is faith and why we must have faith and the need for faith in our lives. But here with Jairus, that, that, that he had faith in Jesus. The world tried to pull it away. And he says, be not afraid. Why are people afraid? Are there people in this world that feel like that they are too sinful for Christ to forgive them? 
Folks, I believe that every sin that's ever been committed by mankind can be forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. The only thing that cannot be forgiven is the sin of unbelief or blasphemy against the Holy Ghost of God or rejecting the Holy Spirit of God. That's the only thing the Bible talks about cannot be forgiven. Folks, we want to lump things together, one greater or smaller, but the fact is it's not that we need to be saved from, from ABC 123. We must be saved from a sinful nature that we have about us. We have a sinful nature that wants to sin. We have a sinful nature uh, that, that migrates to wrong and to rebel against God. We have a sinful nature that does not want to have faith in Jesus. But yet God allows us to come along and he says, be not afraid. Are people afraid that they are too much of a sinner? Maybe people are afraid today that the grace of God is not sufficient. Folks, if you don't believe the grace of God is sufficient, then you do not believe in the power of God. The power of God is, is that you believe and you understand and you know, but more importantly, you have faith that God's grace is sufficient. For an individual that comes to God saying, well, I, I, I don't deserve to be saved, that's a very true statement. Versus God, you still can Pride says, I deserve it. Humility says, I don't deserve it. But the Bible also talks about in our humility and in our weaknesses, that's when we are made stronger. You see, it's in that time where his faith began to diminish. Jesus had to say, wait a minute. He said, I know you're in a tough place in your life. I know times are rough, he says. But he, he came to him and he spoken to him and he said, Jarius, he said, be not afraid, only believe. Be not afraid. <clears throat> Are people afraid of Christ because they're afraid their life is going to change? I want to give you a very, very short understanding of what I mean. From the time I was, I don't know, 12 to about the time I was 19, I was afraid that if I got saved, my life was going to change. I want to tell you something. I enjoyed my life. It was filled full of sports. It was filled full of friends. It was filled full, a field full of going here and going there and doing all these things. I had a life that I enjoyed. But very soon did my heart shift from a joy in this life to a fear of the next life. This morning, what are you afraid of? What are you fearful of? Are you afraid today that if you get saved by the grace of God, if you have faith in God and you believe in God, that your life's going to change? You know what my answer to that is? Amen, glory, hallelujah. Your life will change when you believe and you have faith in Jesus. Amen. And it's not a, a bad change. You know, I used to think that a change was bad, but folks, it's a good change. I've never known God to come into the life of a person and Jesus begin to move into their soul and their life is worse than it was before he ever came in. I can tell you a lot of situations in my life that things are worse after the fact. You put a new central unit in and more the house just don't stay as cool as it used to or whatever. You know, we, we, we can talk about lots of things that are worse than they were before. Folks, I want to tell you something. It's not comparable. My life was much better after I got saved than it was before I got saved. The things that I believed in, the things that I saw, and I'll even go as far as the things that I cherished, changed. It all changed in a moment when, when, when my faith began to believe in Him and what He was going to give me eternally. He says, be not afraid, only believe. Too many people worry about the change in their life or maybe even what others are going to think. 
But I hope this morning that we all can come to the grace and, and, and really believe that, folks, it's not about what anybody else thinks. It's all about what you believe and what Christ knows to be true. This morning, do you believe in Jesus? <clears throat> and that's why he began to go into Jairus. He said, be not afraid, only believe. But I want you to notice what he says. He says, you can possess belief, but you can also not have this belief. Let's turn back to the book of Hebrews for just a moment. We do not get salvation or we do not get a relationship with Jesus by what's in the palm of our hand. He said, only believe. How many of us would be in trouble today if there was a financial cost? Salvation. How many of us would be in trouble if we had to give good deeds in exchange for salvation? How many of us would be in trouble? And, and name many a multitude of things this morning that we would have to give in return. You know what he said? If you want to experience that relationship and the power of the resurrecting power, he said, only believe. That's what he says. Be not afraid, only believe. We add so many things to salvation. We add so many things to think that we must obtain, that we must do. But you know what I believe? If we're going to experience that resurrecting power, it's very simple. Jesus said, only believe. Romans chapter 5, and I want to tell you this verse, it says, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Are you today realizing that we are justified by faith? But in the book of Hebrews, I want to read the first verse for just a moment, if I may. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There are people today that are trying everything they can through motivational speakers and all kinds of ideas of how to live life. <coughs> Excuse me. Do you think people are really living a life if they don't have faith in Jesus? I want to ask you that question one more time. Are people really living the fullness of life, I'll say that, and not have faith in Christ? Folks, today you can be living life and you can be enjoying life, but you're not going to enjoy the fullness of life without sight of a faith in Jesus and a belief. Jairus had it. The world tried to pull it away. His friends, his, 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 the people around him, they tried to pull it away. And the Lord said, no, he said, be not afraid, he said, only believe. So many people in the world today are, are realizing that, 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 they believe that God is not able to change the situation, the circumstances. When it goes bad and really, really dark in their life, God's able to do that. You know what I love here in the book of Hebrews, and I've studied this a lot over the last few years, is that these were just ordinary people that God did amazing things in your, their life. Folks, you may think you're just an ordinary person. You know what? We all are. But aren't you glad today to know that God can take ordinary people and He can do extraordinary things? How does that happen and, and why does that happen? Because it's not about who we are or what we are born into. It's about our faith in Jesus. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is based on what God says, not so much what we discern. That just doesn't make sense. We've already heard that a little bit this week. Don't want to get into that. 
but it doesn't make sense, or it's not, it's not spelled out, or it's not even uh, maybe known to us, or we're not able to perceive these things. But faith is the substance of things hoped for. Can we believe in something we have not seen? We haven't seen the future. <coughs> but do we believe in that? Do we believe in what God's able to give us? For let me read to you if I can. For just a moment, in the book of uh, First Peter, <coughs> book of First Peter, for just a minute. <coughs> Excuse me, first chapter. Let me read to you, if I may, the eighth verse. Whom having not seen, ye love; in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing. You rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. When we talk about faith today, there's an understanding that we can't believe in something we've not seen. We can believe in a future that has not happened. Do you believe in a future that's not happened? Maybe I should ask that question. Do you believe in a future? My future is when I die, one, do I believe in that? I have faith in a future event, I'm going to die. But I'll even go a little deeper than that. Do I believe in a future event that when I die, that I'm going to a place called heaven, folks? We can believe in something we have not seen. It's real to us. And Jairus knew that the Lord was going to raise his daughter, but the people is the one that made him doubt. Jairus believed, and people made him doubt. And the Lord became to him, and he says, Be not afraid, only believe. We see here is that we ultimately put our faith and our trust in God and in Christ and what he's able to do to us. And if you'll notice what he says in Mark chapter 5, <coughs> excuse me, in the 40th verse. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? They must believe in Jesus. Why are they afraid? That's a question I want to ask so many people today. What are you afraid of? Why do you not want to get saved? Why do you not want to believe that God is able to change these circumstances and these situations? But I want to close in just a minute. And I want to look at the very last verse of that 50, well, last two verses. And straightway the damsel arose and walked. By the way, we haven't disclosed this. She was only 12 years old. Somebody had their whole life ahead of them and they were that deadly sick. The Lord begins to stop and heal the woman that had the issue of blood. Lord, this girl's dead now. He said, oh, I'm going to take care of this. And of course, she was resurrected. And she was astonished. <clears throat> and they were astonished with the great astonishment. I can often imagine the puzzled look on these people. Jarius. Your daughter's not sick anymore. She's dead. You just need to leave Jesus alone. He starts coming along the way. He takes care of some other issues along the way. And then Jairus says, all of a sudden, you can just tell his faith was just getting less and less and less. And all these people are like, you know, this one that you trusted in, he waited too long. All of a sudden, Jesus comes along. The one was resurrected again. And all of a sudden, I could see their eyes get about as big as a, as a pie pan. They probably all thought, Lord, 
What is this? And you know, that's what happens when God works in your life. You start thinking, Lord, you, you did more than I ever thought you could. And you know what? God is able to go above and exceedingly beyond anything that we can expect of Him, folks. We don't serve a minimal God. We serve a maximal God. We serve an eternal God that can go beyond anything that we can imagine. I assure you this morning, anything that we lay at His feet, God can handle that. We want, to, we want to shield people and protect people thinking they can't handle that or it, it's too far for a walk or whatever. But folks, there's nothing today that you can give to God that He cannot handle. And when that, uh, that girl began to rise from the, uh, the, 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 the death that was in, it says, and they were astonished with a great astonishment. I love it. It wasn't just a astonishment. They were greatly astonished. Okay, okay, she's walking again. They were, they were mesmerized. Why? Because when they surrendered, there was still somebody that had faith in Jesus. This world may give up, but I pray today that we don't ever give up on Jesus and what he's able to do, that we'll keep believing in him. But I want to look at this last verse. When a person gets saved, a lot of times we're like, well, good, they're going to heaven. But he gave some very, very important instructions and commanded that something should be given her to eat. Folks, even after we're saved, we need to be fed. And we need to be fed with that spiritual manna from on high. Aren't you glad today to know that the result of faith is we get fed from God and we get fed from His table? This morning, has God fed you? Oh, we turn around and we look at our lives so often and think, Lord, why did I, why did I help down my unbelief? Lord, why did I not believe in you to begin with? Why did my faith get so strong and all of a sudden it started uh, weakening? Why did, I, why did I set out for something and yet I all of a sudden caught myself not believing in the Lord has to come along and give us those very motivating words? <clears throat> Be not afraid. Only believe. This morning, I want us to get a song if we could here this morning.